0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on another cloudy day in a still rather deserted city of Westminster in these current times of COVID-19, as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. I'm Scott Chaloner, and I'm delighted to be joined on today's programme by Julia Middleton. Julia is the founder of Common Purpose, a company which runs leadership development programmes which enable people from different backgrounds, sectors, geographies and generations to work together in order to solve common problems. Julia, welcome to the programme and thank you ever so much for joining us. Thank you, Scott. It's a real pleasure having you here, Julia, and the purpose of this discussion really is to establish your take on leadership as a whole. So if we just look at that word leader in isolation for a moment, first and foremost, what does that word actually mean to you?
1: It means somebody I would choose to follow, Um, somebody who inspires me and somebody... um, who makes me achieve more than I ever believed I could achieve, usually with lots of other people, and build a team around us so that we achieve. I hope I do that. I hope lots of people do that. And I think particularly in today's world where innovation is so important, it needs to be somebody who inspires a team full of lots of different people, public, private, voluntary sector, different tech sectors, different generations that actually attracts a diversity of thought because inside that diversity lies the innovation. Heaven forbid that we should spend any time in a team of people who all spend their lives agreeing with each other. Uh, a good leader um, um, leads well-led discord, and I love that.
0: Inevitably, of course, where there is such a diversity as well, there is sometimes the potential for conflict um, in the uh, the workplace. Um, is it quite... Easy to resolve that when that does come along, or is that a little bit of a challenge?
1: I, I think you need to resist the temptation to resolve it. Mm. Um, I think one of the problems as leaders is they sort of panic as soon as everybody disagrees with each other. Actually, when they disagree with each other, they come up with much, much more exciting events. They have to create the atmosphere in which people can actually disagree, can play with different ideas can say something outrageous and not be knocked down because inside that outrage sometimes there's something extraordinary. So, I, I mean, stop, stop trying to control conflict. Encourage the conflict. Open it up. Um, occasionally even support somebody who's saying something outrageous even if you don't agree with it because that will give them the opportunity to say something that's different, heaven forbid, from what is is the normal stuff. So I think good leaders um, encourage discord, encourage the energy of difference. Um, There comes a point where you have to summarize and pull it back together again, but you've given it a really good go. So everybody actually by that stage says, I've had my say, I've been part of it, I've had some cool ideas. Actually pulling it together is really helpful. So I love discord. It just has to be well-led discord.
0: I think that's an incredibly powerful message, um, actually, uh, Julia, especially in the context of uh, what's going on at the moment with the, um, of course, well-documented Black Lives Matter protests as well. Um, You mentioned as well the need um, earlier on for leaders to be inspirational. Um, Who have been some of the biggest sort of inspirations and influences on you throughout your career as you've developed? Or rather, perhaps if it's more experience that's proven influential, what sort of experiences would you say have really had the biggest impact?
1: Well. You know, when you said I lead an organisation, of course, purpose is a charitable trust. Um, which means to some extent, <laughs> I've had the, the joy over the years of meeting extraordinary leaders just about everywhere. Um, whether that's the extraordinary chief counsel who brings people together, or it's somebody who runs a bank, um, or somebody who's a politician. I mean, you know, blanket's been an inspiration to me for years, as have politicians right across the board. I I just, I, I've never been inspired by, by the whole package. I've been inspired by different people at different times using mm-hmm. different skills. But the people who inspire me are the people who, who are leading for something that's bigger and better than them rather than just themselves. Um, my father was like that. I was very lucky to have, you know, Having I mean, met so many women who are, who are discouraged by my, their fathers, I was encouraged by a great leader that my father was, and he brought out that leadership in me. It Never occurred to me I was a woman and therefore wasn't entitled to be a leader. Um, uh, but but I've seen so many in so many different um, uh, contexts and. Um, for me it's a bit like um snakes and ladders. You know, you you jump up a ladder because you see an extraordinary leader and you steal some of their best ideas. Mm. And then the truth is you then slide down a snake because to be honest, there are some pretty rotten leaders out there and what you learn from them is what you don't want to do. Um so I think you sort of you edge up and create your own leadership story, taking the best and learning from the leaders who are all around you, doing their best, mm. sometimes
0: not succeeding. I think that's incredibly important, um, especially when it comes to doing your best, not succeeding, and embracing that as a uh, learning curve as well, learning from the failings of others, and also taking the negatives and understanding what might not quite work um, for you um, as well. Um, interestingly as well, Julie, you mentioned your father being a really profound influence um, on you in your life, and that there's a lot of importance in that statement because a lot of the most influential leaders out there can be the people closest to us, can't they? Be they work colleagues who are perhaps mentors to us, be it parents, be it friends, other members of the family. And I think sometimes we maybe fail to recognise leadership in that sense, uh, perhaps as much as we should do, because there's the tendency to associate leadership immediately with politics and the public eye and celebrity and sports, for example.
1: Yes, I, I, I think, you know, there are... Leaders of countries, though it has to be said, not many of them inspire me at the moment. And there are leaders of continents and there are leaders of huge organizations. Um, and sometimes I worry because I think the best leaders don't want to do any of those jobs. So we don't get the best leaders doing those jobs. Um, but I think then there's, there's you and I and there's leaders on my street mm. who, who 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 get everybody out to go and clap the NHS. Um you know there are there are leaders just about everywhere. Leaders aren't them; they're us. And um, there will come a point when you... I remember <laughs> my father said to me, uh, "You know, if you if you want to change the world, which I've always wanted to, he said you can either um, do it in the twelve hours that you're awake and and capable of working in a day, or you can become a leader. In which case, you have much you have an exponential possibility." But to become a leader, you've got to learn to inspire other people and to communicate with other people and to treat other people with a degree of respect so that they choose to lead you, let you lead them.
0: Mm. And I think um, one of the important points you mentioned there as well, Julie, was perhaps um, leaders that we could be getting aren't necessarily ending up in the biggest leadership positions. And I think there may be a reason for that. I think it's the fact that criticism is, of course, quite a, a large deterrent and also a fear of failure when in those roles. Whereas, of course, failure is still nonetheless a very important learning experience in one's development. So do you think that's something that we should really kind of encourage people not to shy away from?
1: I think it's very tough to make mistakes. You know, I I always say, make sure you start your leadership journey at quite a young age because the truth is you can forgive yourself mistakes in your 20s. And the trouble about when you make a mistake as a leader is usually somebody else who suffers more than you do. Um, So you really, really do feel really awful when you make mistakes as leaders. You, You walk past someone's talent. You make some stupid remarks that, that crushes somebody. You 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 put the wrong strategy in place, you listen to the wrong one and you make the wrong thing happen. I mean, you know, if you get on with it and you do want to make change, you will inevitably make mistakes. Um and I think as a leader what you have to do is get pretty practised at apologizing and apologizing fast. Um, uh, so I think it's difficult to make the mistakes, but If you're not making mistakes, I would suggest you're not being bold enough. And in the current climate, you know, the world has got to change change pretty rapidly. Um, That means a lot of us have got to stand out. And a lot of us have got to do pretty bold things. We will make mistakes when we do. So we're going to have to strengthen up and get better at making them and get better at spotting them pretty fast and better at apologizing when we make them.
0: And I think um, a good thing is that this current period that we are going through um, as we begin to sort of edge towards this new normal that has forced the hand of business to innovate and to change the way that it operates and to really modernize, I think. And um, if you actually, based upon all of your experience, not just of this current climate, uh, Julia, but also prior to that, mm. if you were to advise somebody who were perhaps about to start their first day in a leadership role, what sort of advice would you have to give them?
1: people properly as human beings. Treat them, treat them with courtesy, take the time to tell them what's going on, take the time to tell them when they're messing up, take the time to explain why they're messing up, and take the time to <laughs> to explain how they could get it right. Treat people properly and take spend an inordinate amount of time explaining what's going on to people. Um, And concentrate both on them as individuals and getting the team together and make sure it is a team full of difference because otherwise you will just be perpetuating their old ways and not coming up with new ideas.
0: I think that's incredibly sound advice indeed, Julia. And if we do continue to focus on the uh, future for a moment before we do wrap things up on the uh, the programme today, what do you envision the next 12 to 18 months holding for yourself and for Common Purpose as we move through this COVID-19 situation? And what do you hope to achieve in that time and indeed beyond as we hopefully emerge from the pandemic and really look to the future?
1: Um, i 't think I think to be honest, there will be future pandemics um we 've messed up um the environment sufficiently that pandemics are merely um, an illustration of a bigger problem, which is the issues of the environment in its broadest sense um, so we we have to put continue to put our knees in leaders' backs and support them when they make. Um, bold steps towards solving some of the environmental issues I think the first one and the second one for me and you know I've got older now I'm 62 now and and I do recognize that I think the job of my generation is to hand over power to the next generation and then back them as they start to use that power give your power away and back people as they begin to use it because we are going to have to have a transfer across generations and we are going to have to bring young people through as leaders much, much faster because our legacy is that we're going to lose pretty big problems.
0: There are some huge uh, problems to be addressed by uh, future generations. That's absolutely right. And it will be interesting to see just how those generations step up and really address those issues as we do move um, it through the years. Um, I have to say, uh, Julia, it's um, been a really insightful experience having you on uh, today's uh, programme. It's a real shame that we're just about out of time. Otherwise, I think we could actually uh, discuss the topic all afternoon. It's been thoroughly insightful, but also, most importantly, a real pleasure as well having you on the programme. And do please take care and stay safe with everything still going on at the moment, because of course, we're definitely not out of the woods yet with this, and there could well be more of the same to come.
1: Scott, good question. So, um, great to hear you thinking so much about leadership. Thank you very much for asking them.
0: It's been a real pleasure, Julia. Thank you ever so much for your time and joining us on today's programme. Bye-bye. That was Julia Middleton, the founder of Common Purpose. Coming up next on the programme today, I'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with Lord David Blunkett. Lord Blunkett is an active member of the House of Lords, a former Labour MP and Secretary of State, and also the Chairman of the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Now, despite being blind from birth, Lord Blunkett rose to prominence to become one of the most notable politicians of his generation, serving as the MP for his Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough constituency for 20 years and holding a number of senior positions in tony blair's cabinet he was elevated to the house of lords as baron blunkett of brightside and hillsborough back in august 2015 i hope you enjoy listening just as much as matthew enjoyed speaking with him that's coming up next lord blunkett welcome
2: thank you very much it's very good to be with you